is my office. I'm by your house. Knock it to shreds. Drop a modular on it. That's what I do. Big Pippin' in the house now. Bought the land, tore the motherfucking house down. And Chris Levine saw me Everyone was wild when he came up on the scene Off caffeine, doesn't smoke no green Cause he'd rather have a Sony in a big rain machine And he could drive a... So tonight's opening song for the podcast is Infamous Peeps And if you're like, hey, that's Dan, is that Dan Mills? You'd be right You'd be right It's one of my favorite projects he's ever done I didn't know it was him until you played it like 10 minutes ago. I like it. These are really... Strong. I was going to say terrible. They are terrible. (laughs) (laughs) They're also strong. All right. Um, Welcome to After the Gig Live 2 with my special guest... Genevieve, she drew herself up on the wall. <laughs> um, this is our second, the second live podcast. Yeah, I had the big old COVID the last time. Yep, we both so. had we both had COVID, but Jen um, was coughing a lot and still didn't feel good. It was pretty annoying. Um, <laughs> I was just really tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're back now. So, uh, like last time, we talked a, a little bit about well. I basically what I wanted to do was talk about the get back documentary Mm. and that didn't happen. I got, Mm. you know, I got sidetracked. I got derailed the whole time. I was, and it's just me talking to myself out here. Um, and it takes a real interesting person to be able to do that. Um, interesting by weird and (laughs) crazy, (laughs) but I'm happy I have some company this time. Hi, everyone. Hi, Louise. Hi, Sheila. Hi, Chris. Hi, Stacy. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Jeff. Uh, and who else is here? I'm going to scroll up a little bit. We look like we're in two different climates. Yeah. <laughs> Dress for the job you want, baby. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't talk about the Beatles documentary at all, uh, or I didn't. And I just wanted to go into a, a little bit. I know you didn't watch it. I seen just parts of it, but did everyone else watch it? I think most people watched it. Um, but the big thing that I got out of it, and I've seen tons of Beatles film and, and different, different uh, the, the anthology was a big one. Um, and the big thing that was different between this one and all those other ones was you really, really saw the dynamic between all four members and their families. <clears throat> so do you know, what do you know about the Beatles? Like you're supposed to know everything because you're a UK citizen or were a UK citizen. I still am. Do you I'm like an, the Beatles? I'm do an even Irish like, citizen. <laughs> do you even like the Beatles? Yeah, of course I like the Beatles. Okay. What's your favorite song? I was introduced at a very young age. My brother was into... The Beatles and um, The Doors, but then also crazy music like Judas Priest. And I got introduced to a Breaking lot of uh, rock and music like that. But he was re- very into it. Loved John Lennon. So, yeah, I know I know their music. Yeah. Well, I feel like most people know a little bit 
about the music and and one of the I mean we seen Paul McCartney <clears throat> in Fenway. That's right. I always forget that we did that. It was like the best concert I've ever been to, I'd say. It's yeah. a top three. I went back and and watched some of the video that we took and I can't watch it because it's, it's it doesn't sound good. Because you really hear that he sounds like an old man through the I video. thought he was awesome. He was. He was incredible. Yeah. You couldn't, that didn't come across during the show. But afterwards, when you watch the video, you really hear yeah. old man well, McCartney. So this is the problem with going to any concert with Jesse is that musicians are listening for the tone and this and that. And I'm just enjoying the atmosphere. And I don't know <clears> if they've said the lo- wrong lyric or played the wrong like chord so you would be more then you should enjoy my playing a lot more than you do i, and I, I do that and all I, the time and i don't <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah like i don't like for me it's just you know the whole experience was amazing what was your favorite song at that concert mm, i don't I don't know. I bet I know what it is. What? Na, na, I mean, na, yeah. Na, 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 he sang like every single hit. Every hit. And he dedicated songs to John Lennon and to his wife and to his old manager. It was really sweet. Mm-hmm. It was really nice. Yeah. But I, it was just every song. And my favorite part was like there was a dad. This is obviously before we had Ethan. And he had his son there. And his son was maybe like seven and his son was just like loving every minute of it. I thought it was awesome to have that. So one day we'll do that with Ethan. Yeah. That'd be, well, well, yeah. When he's a little older. Yeah. Hopefully not too much older. Who knows how long? How long we? Well, have. I don't know if we'll see Paul McCartney. It'll be somebody else well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> just in, I mean, in all in all likelihood, that's yeah. just the way it works. It's not gonna be Paul. Yeah. Um. I just. Uh, yeah, and one of the things that really blew me away about the uh yes this is ethan's work <laughs> thanks I for the, noticing <laughs> i did the trees you see the black the trees in black that's the grass here and then the tree i mean the camera has adds a little blur Stop to the background to take credit for our son's Listen, that art. kid didn't this do shit ethan's on that work. thing we did that no this <laughs> was ethan the terrible part was jesse <laughs> um so th- one of the things that blew me away about that that particular concert was the fact that uh um, it was all Paul McCartney music for the for the the pre-show playlist, mm. and you you just forget how much, how many hits and how many songs that he's written. Yeah, and the Beatles have written. It's like you know one of the things that um, another thing that really that I really loved about the Beatles documentary, especially the first episode. They're long. I think it's like six hours of stuff. Mm. But um, one of my favorite things about uh, about that is is Paul and John. You really see their like you know they have like their ESP. Like they're just they just know each Mm. other so well. And all these old songs that they're playing, these old things that they have written, Mm -hmm. and then these old covers that they knew from artists that they love. That they're just like breaking into because that is sparking this this uh, uh, creative energy. Yeah. So it's like that's what bands do all the time. Mm. Is like, but nothing, they were like two of the best. They were. 
creative geniuses, you know. I know. Well, they worked off each other. They had... They had a great... Yeah. A great chemistry. Like, you know, John... In that whole dynamic, I see John as the one that, um, you know, like the muse, like the, the one that can just tap into this ethereal energy that can just pull things. And you saw it in the early stages of a lot of the songs that they're writing mm-hmm. is that um, it it starts with one idea and then it's just like, you know, it's gibberish until it turns into something, until one idea turns into something. And then that's how they bounce ideas off each other. But Paul was more of the, um, you know, he's obviously, it, it, it's so obvious how much of a leader he mm. is in the band. Um, especially with like just, all right, we need to start this and we need to finish this. We need to get this done. We need to do this. Mm. He's like. He was a glue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than the glue. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> even you could even say that Ringo might have been the glue because he was like the guy that, you know, he was hired. I mean, the. I guess the band only lasted what four, like five years or something like that. Is so, that it? yeah. Well, Paul and and Paul and John. I guess John had the Quarrymen early on, uh, and then Paul joined that band, and then George. But and I could be getting some of this wrong. But um, it they were the ones that were. The guys. Mm. And then there's a few other people too, other drum like another drummer and Pete Best and all that stuff. But then when Ringo came in, Ringo was like the heavy hitter drummer of the area. Like he was like the guy. Yeah. He, I think he was older. It might have been no. Was he I don't know if he was younger or older, but he was like the the super talented drummer in the area that everybody knew, everybody wanted to have. <clears throat> but um he was also super easygoing. And super fun, and like nothing ever really bothered yeah. them. Well, you need someone like that in the band. You can't have everyone right. with the same personality. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You need the the chilled person, <clears throat> and then the, you have the creative person and the leader, and you know, there's always yeah. everyone has a role to play. Yeah, and and with Paul, and you could see how in the first episode, obviously, it ends with with. Eight, so eight years is how long is how long the period of uh, I mean, and that is no time at all. Mm. Ten years is usually the period of time where bands start and then do all their bullshit gigs, like go from bar to bar to bar to bar for ten like ten years. Mm. That's what the, how the band did it, and then after that point is when most bands start having some success. Like, yeah, I think it, so. Is it eight years <clears throat> from they formed, or eight years when they got famous? They were like. They played for eight years when they got big. No, I think or, it was eight years when they formed. That's it? Yeah, because they came over and, and the big tour was like 63, 63, 64. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it's, and it's a super short period of time where they did most of their heavy lifting. Where they, you know, And they're, it's, it's just crazy that a group, and, and it's a lot to do with the time. Like the mm-hmm. 60s, they, they really embodied that moment. And when they came to America, like they had the haircuts, the suits, and everyone was like, you know, it's like if Machine Gun Kelly came out, like what? Just, <laughs> you know, you know who Machine? I Gun? know who he is. <laughs> it's just I'm just talking about somebody with like a cra- like a crazy look. Like the Beatles had a mm. had like a had a young, you know, teenage yeah. 
look to Bowl them. Cuts. Yeah, and you look at them <laughs> and you look back at it now, you're like, they're just regular guys with like their hair was like a little bit long. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was saying, like, why is your hair so it long? It was just so different. Yeah, that's the thing. It was so different. They had this energy and fun. People loved it. Yeah. The ladies loved him. The ladies loved him. Can you imagine <laughs> like being at those concerts the way they were screaming like that? I mean, it's just yeah, crazy. Was, I mean, just, you've seen footage of Beatlemania. Yeah. And this is also in a time where, you know, now I feel like there's so many, there's so many artists that's out there because it's more accessible to people and you can find anybody on YouTube or Spotify or wherever. And, uh, then it was you know when did you how did you find new music back then uh you would go to the record store i mean there was marketing yeah there's marketing but you would have to I, I would imagine you had to be on a on a label on a decently right. large label yeah so like you know you have all these other bands now and and like justin bieber and all these people that kids go crazy for but there's a lot of them. In those days, I feel like there was only certain acts or certain musicians that got that kind of response and and they were they were the biggest, so Yeah. Um but getting back to to the band dynamic is mm. just you really, really get a good glimpse at it. Mm. And where it comes to having everyone who plays their roles, everyone plays their parts. Yeah. The Beatles had a problem where they had George, who was an emerging songwriter at the time. Everyone says it's Yoko Ono that broke up the band. Mm. That yeah, you were like, no. That documentary <laughs> made it made it obvious that that wasn't what was happening. It was it was a band that had done everything that a band can do mm-hmm. at the highest level, and with anything, with any job, once you get to a, a certain point, you're bored. And you need a challenge. Well, that's where I'm at. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so Genevieve will have a resume up on the. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, the, it was yeah. just it was painfully obvious. Yeah, they had run their course. <clears throat> right. So I mean, they couldn't. They what else could they have done at that point? I think there's nothing else yeah. they could have done. I mean, you think all... about how they looked as well to start to how they looked in that documentary. Yeah, it was like they had aged twenty years, not eight years like it was yeah. it was a lot people looked older back then yeah they also did look older you know what i'm saying like a 20 you, you look at a 20 they were all with their 30s maybe at that point late yeah. 20s no when did they start touring i don't or i just don't know they, how old they were well, i point. would say they were definitely just in their 30s in that video P- probably yeah, but, but like, they looked like they were 50 yeah <laughs> They yeah, looked they so old. But it was like 70s and they were scruffy and beard and yeah. long hair. They were always like, pushing yeah. pushing the limits. Like they had their They'd looks. be drinking a lot, doing a lot of drugs. Oh so my God. In every, in every scene of that thing, it was like, can we get a couple more drinks over her? That's what, Irish. Did they <laughs> become leprechauns? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> hey, I'm Paul McCartney. Let me get a couple of drinks over her, please. Um, no, I mean, they just... They they had someone for everything, and they were surrounded by. When I'm, I was surprised by how good the people around them seemed. Came off mm. in in the documentary, mm. like you imagine, you would imagine, like you know, there's a lot of money there, there's a lot of influence, there's a lot of you know opportunities to be had yeah. if you're hanging around the Beatles, working for the Beatles, but. Right. 
they had this grand idea that they were going to the 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 director had this grand idea that they were going to do this Beatles documentary. It was going to show them in this cool environment, this different, interesting environment, um, writing, recording, and doing doing these live shows in this space, which turned out to be a really not great space for creative for creative energy. Mm. It was a big warehouse. It was like a shitty warehouse. Yeah, it was <clears throat> seemed like a weird yeah. place to have it. I get wanting to have like a big open space where you can like build things and whatever, but they hadn't written the songs. Mm. The song like Yeah, you think it would be more of a studio yeah. like setting. You can tell but you think that George broke them up? I do think that George not broke them up, but he was maybe the one that wanted out the most. He was just sick and tired of having his opinion set aside. Ignored. Ignored. Because there are a lot of moments. I think it was... Uh, um, they were singing backgrounds to one of the songs. It was like Paul Paul and George were both singing like a background part, like a, a call, and an, call and response part. And I can't remember... If somebody here knows what the name of that, what which song it was I'm talking about. But anyway, it was a call and response. And and the response part that Paul was like pushing for mm-hmm. wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. It was like uh, one of those ideas that that is never going to make it. But what he's doing, he's just trying to see it through and like hear it the way that he is imagining it in his head. But you have George who just can't get behind it mm. and is not giving it the effort. And then he starts giving attitude back to Paul. He's like, well, this part is shitty. It's like mm. bad. And he's trying to express his opinion, but he's doing it in a negative way. And he's getting, and he's basically getting ignored yeah. by John and, yeah. and Paul. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine how hard it would be to be in the band with those two and try and have yeah. some kind of input into the creative process. <laughs> like, guys, I wrote Here Comes the Sun. What the uh, fuck? He that, did write it? That, that didn't come till later. Oh. I, I, I actually, After the Beatles? No, Here Comes oh. the Sun was a Beatles yeah. song, but it was written by George. So George was trying to get... That's a great song. It's an amazing song, but George was trying to get like a song, one song per album. Like mm. you could tell how hard he was fighting to yeah. get his song. Yeah. You're, you're against like two, I mean, two of the best. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like, what's it like, Jen? Novak Djokovic against <laughs> Federer and Nadal <laughs> trying to get those grand slams <laughs> until Fed and Nadal go down the slope. Novak reaches where he needs to go. Reaches the pinnacle, mm-hmm. the mountaintop. That is a good reference. And by the way, and very, yeah, congr- very current. Congratulations <laughs> to Rafa Nadal. Nadal for for winning the twenty his twenty first. And this is a sore subject because Djokovic, Federer, Nadal all had twenty. All had twenty Grand Slams for a while. This I is feel amazing like, how yeah. we're going to this time. I know, <laughs> but good segue. Had 20 grand slams. And if you don't follow mm, tennis. Sorry. Genevieve and I are massive. Massive. Well, Genevieve more than me because, you know, he's Roger Federer fans. So pretty, pretty. I mean, I'm, I like Nadal too. It's just a bittersweet moment because Federer was always so ahead. He's been ahead for the longest time. And then they caught up to him and then they were all the same. And then it's like, 
oh, I don't know if Federal will ever win another one. And this is just like, it's a little, I'm a little. It's bittersweet. It's a little bittersweet. But I'm glad it was Nadal. And, Me too. And not yeah. Djokovic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just watching Djokovic come up and and going from one version of himself he was also very much like George because he had a chip on his shoulder. Definitely had a chip on yeah. his shoulder. He was embarrassing to watch on the court because he would get so angry with those racket yellow people. Andy Murray was like that too. And I, ugh. they were, yeah, they were very, very similar. But Djokovic <clears throat> ended up having the skill and got, figured out how to break out of that yeah, mold and, and become more, more focused and become more mentally yeah, tough yeah, throughout yeah. the course of a, of a tennis yeah. match. Um, Andy Murray got there, but, but couldn't stay. And he got there too late and yeah, he was injured all the time. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, anyway, so George Harrison and the Beatles, <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he left. He just straight up left. He was like, I'm out of here. I quit during this production. Oh, he did? And he, yeah. And he went home. <laughs> but that, that wasn't it. Like that wasn't the end, was it? it they thought it was, but... The guy, the rest of the guys, they didn't just say, "Oh, well, I guess that's it." They stuck around, they still worked on the tunes, and they tried everything that they could to contact George. They went to his house, they had a meeting. It didn't go well, mm. which was in the print at the end of the episode. And they, um, yeah, they they just they didn't they couldn't they couldn't grasp what he really needed and what he wanted, which I which I actually really sympathize with because. Mm. I'm a very hard-headed person and hard person to deal with in a band. Yes, and a normal person too. And as a husband. <laughs> uh, but what ended up happening was George completely changed his mentality. Who knows what they had, you know, what the, what the conversation was. He swallowed his pride and he put on a happy face. Mm. And they wrote the songs and, and ended up doing it. But yeah. a big part of why he came back and why why he ended up eventually staying i think is because they got out of that warehouse mm. they ended up they were like this isn't going to work it's not a good vibe we need to go to our studio mm. apple recording studios in the basement and like be in our space yeah and do it that way right you gotta be incredible. somewhere that you're more comfortable yeah how long were they how long was this process happening? Two in weeks. The, in the warehouse? It was like two weeks. It was supposed to be two. It, the whole thing, it was supposed to be two weeks to write the album, record it, and have two uh, two studio performances. Or, yeah, one or I think it was supposed to be two days of studio performances. But what ended up happening was everyone got pissed off. They were like, what are we doing? Like, we don't even want to do this in mm. this warehouse. And they ended up going to, you know, they had the, the problems and, um, <clears throat> and then they ended up going to the studio and playing and that, and when, when they actually get into the studio, mm -hmm. that's when like, there's a lot of magical moments on, on that, that, mm -hmm. uh, documentary because they say, Hey, this is, this is the version, like this recording is the version that ended up on let it be. And you're like, oh my god, like this wow. is incredible! Like I'm watching them Actually do this thing, do it, yeah. and it was like the second, you know, it's it's all these different things. And then I think they actually used one of the rooftop performances because they went on the roof. They're like, let's just do it on the roof, like classic. That was the best. That was like the <clears throat> best thing to watch. Remember the first time I saw uh, video of that? I 
didn't know that it was like their last performance. Like, mm. you know, I was I didn't really dive in deep into the Beatles at that time. It was very early on mm. um, for me. And um, it was, I was like, holy shit, these guys are on the roof. Like they're doing like this cool thing. It's like, it's what bands now try to recreate all the time. Mm. You know, maybe not that particular thing, but they try to create like, we need to do something different and cool mm. and try to get people to talk about it. You right. know, and that's like a really but cool, it, it's thing. it's so much more like organic in those days because if if a band was to go on a roof randomly, you know, it's tweeted and social media is going live, like it would be can't it wasn't like everybody would have start arriving there to see it. Whereas this was more just like people were there and like what the hell is happening? Yeah. You know, it was like you were either there or you weren't there. It wasn't like you had to jump on a tree in and try and get there before the the thing ended nobody right. knew about it unless you were there right you know right. Yeah. that's what that was like that must have been awesome for those people yeah walking down the street and like <laughs> <laughs> and they actually had the wherewithal to have somebody on the street report like mm. interviewing people like yeah. do you like the music and, yeah you know, do you know who it is well because like, they were being the filmed yeah they were being filmed for the yeah recording so no i'm talking about people on the street that didn't even know what was going on. They oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. didn't tell anybody what no. was going on. Yeah. And then eventually the police are right. there. And like, imagine like having to shut down the Beatles. Because at that point, they were like, they were, they were massive celebrities. Like, you I know. mean, they didn't, did they actually end it? Because I know the parts that I seen, they were just kind of standing there like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> they let them like, they let them like finish. finish yeah. They let them finish yeah, they the song. They didn't really. Yeah. But like anything, when the cops show up, it just kind of peters out. Yeah, you have, you, you know. know, you have a certain time frame. Left. Yeah, yeah. So it was, I mean, it's a really amazing. Oh, and uh, Billy Preston. So um, the uh, I dropped by to say hi appearance of Billy Preston. Yeah, so the fact that they had Billy Preston, who was the organist keyboard player, mm. um, they had him come in. And if the Beatles didn't break up after this album, he was going to be like considered like the fifth Beatle. You know oh. what I mean? Other than George Martin, who was uh their producer um billy preston came in and added so much i mean those songs i mean if they didn't have if they didn't have the the keys and and the um, yeah. the electric keyboard on a lot of those songs that they might have i don't know they probably wouldn't have fell flat but they wouldn't have been as good um what are people saying what are people saying we're gonna move over to the comments really quick i love the whole fly on the wall aspect of it scene in the first episode where paul is playing around piano let it be yeah that that, i mean that part of it where like a song emerges Mm. and and the whole the whole thing when a song goes from like and like a couple words and and chords Mm -hmm. and you hear the melody and you're like oh i know that's let it be but how is it gonna get from here Mm. to where i know it when it gets to like, you know, all right, they're playing the song, like Get Back, for yeah. example. Ringo was playing a completely different drum beat for the song Get Back mm-hmm. up until the very, like right before they did the rooftop performance. So he was going hi-hat and and snare and going... And then it eventually turned into the... It's like those moments when you're like, oh, that's not working. Let's do this. And then you find it and then you fine tune it and polish it. That is like where real 
real songwriting mm. is. It's not necessarily, I mean, the melody and everything is important, but you can come up with those things. There's ways to game the system to come up with chords and notes that work with those chords and all that stuff. Yeah. It's finding the the emotion in it. It's it's the dynamics. It's really honing it like the stops and how to push and pull the the uh the tension and the release and all that. It's finding those things in a song mm. that really polish it up and get it to get it to you know that it's recorded stay in how you know it. But yeah. it really, you know, that documentary gives you a look into how that all works. <clears throat> Um, Rafa's come back in the final was awesome. Yes, it was. He was down two sets. Yeah. Two sets to love. At the start, yeah, two sets. Yeah. And then won three in a row. And he looked like he was in pain. Mm-hmm. He was in pain yeah. the whole time. Uh, whose idea was it to be in the warehouse, the bands or the producers? It, I think it was the the director, um, director of, of the thing. Uh, and he, you know... These things like someone comes up with a with a venue and and we do it all the time, like with Carbon Leaf, we'll come up with a thing and I am trying not to be like this anymore, but I hear the idea and I know like, you know, the safe way to do it and how Mm -hmm. I know it'll it'll work. But then, you know, this lofty thing that's going to take so much more work and we have Mm -hmm. no idea if it's going to work out. (laughs) Those things scare me. Yeah. And that's usually what we end up doing. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. <clears throat> Cottage was a lot like that. Um, and it really worked out. Yeah. Once you see, awesome. once you see where you are and, mm-hmm. and, and you're there, then you can visualize it. Some people can't do that beforehand. I'm one of those people. Hmm. Um, Want to read some of these uh, comments? Mm-hmm. Um, was it Alyssa? Yeah. Yeah, she's uh, she was saying what I was just saying earlier um, about how wild the rooftop scene would have been had social media existed. Oh my god! So the crowd was so small. That's that was the best thing about it. I'm so there's happy. only a handful of people that can say that they were there. Yeah, and not you know like social media is great, but sometimes I just wish <laughs> we could go back and not have that. Do we have like? Can you name any moments like that? That we have, you know, that not everyone in the world saw a video of it and people could just talk about it and lives on in, in lore, you mm-hmm. know. I'm trying to think. Imagine, I would imagine maybe festival, like things that happen at festivals. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean. But real moments that you know are going to like. If you're talking about like an organic moment where it's not like you're at a gig or something, it's just something happens that you just happen to be there for. Um I don't know. Michael Jackson walked by me unexpectedly. <laughs> oh, that's right. Where, where did that happen? At Disney. Mm. That was cool. Um, Tell people what you did at Disney. Uh, I worked at the um, UK Pavilion in Epcot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Just uh, what? what uh, did you work at a restaurant? No, I thing? did the merchandise. Oh, okay. You get paid like two dollars or something. Yeah, you say, "Hey, Mike," and he was like, (laughs) (laughs) "Shamon." He was wearing masks well before anybody else. Oh, way before it was cool. (laughs) His son was in a head-to-toe Spider-Man outfit, so you couldn't see him. Yeah. 
Uh, Kathy, so glad Jesse wanted to discuss Get Back when Jen was available instead of last ATG. I am enjoying listening to their back and forth. Um, appreciate that. Sheila, just dropped by to say hi. Oh, yeah, I read that one. Um, my favorite was the woman who was so salty about it. Her nap to- <laughs> Yeah, there's some, some old people, you know, some Neil, yeah. some Neil Young types that were down there like, <laughs> oh, what are they doing? My nap time. Um, we'll get into to that. be fair, I am all about sleep, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would probably be that person. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, I bet if fucking I don't know what band. Just what's your favorite band? I don't know. Right now, I mean, John Mayer started John Mayer. playing outside. Be like, hey, you mind if we set up here and play at eleven when your son's sleeping? I'll be like, that's totally fine. Totally fine. <laughs> Getting to- him out of bed right now. Totally cool. He'll love it. And he would actually love it. Yeah, I know. He'd be like this. <laughs> um, Stacy, it was a movie. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm just catching up on these comments here. Uh, get back. Starting as a protest song. Yeah, that was that was pretty interesting too. I'm I'm really glad that it went away from that. But it's like you just see how artists will take. It's any art or artist. They take what's happening in the time mm. and they they adapt their art to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it, you know, kind of, I guess, stand the test of time because you can really tell a story through a song and, and history. So Springsteen showed up in the Stone Pony pre-social media. Oh, really? Stone Pony, I, I imagine, is a venue. Um, that's cool. Where where is the weirdest place you've recorded a song or album? Um right right here probably. <laughs> <laughs> um I've done a lot of like home home vocal recording. Um but the weirdest place my band old band uh, Love in Stockholm, we recorded a bunch of stuff in the basement of of like this garbage house mm. in Alston. It was just like pretty nasty and disgusting not a not a great not a great uh not a very conducive an, an environment conducive of creating good music i mean i wrote a song while changing diapers that's right <laughs> one day we'll have to play we'll have to play the song well one day no one will not know the song i hope so so it's a good song it is a good song but yeah that should was the pe- weirdest place should we give people a taste <laughs> no are you sure? I'm not singing. Okay. <laughs> um, even things that happen organically will hit social media since everyone has a smartphone with a camera, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sad for the people like that can't just put the phone down and enjoy the moment. Mm. You know, they're like, oh, my God, no one's going to believe that. And then you miss out. Yeah. I'm probably like the best. Part. And I think we're all guilty of like when you're at a concert now and you just record it because you're just like, I can't believe this is like so awesome. This sounds yeah. so great. But how often do you go back and look at those? You really don't. No. Um, unless you're sharing it or something. And then you're like, OK, I'm not going to go back and watch Paul McCartney or John Mayer or like you just remember being there. You remember the moments and it's like you should really just put your phone down. It's really hard yeah, because you want to go live or not live, but uh, do like Insta stories and like, hey, look where I'm at, you know? Yeah. Well, it really doesn't matter. Um, it's a lot of like, look what I'm doing. You're not here. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, But 
thinking back to concerts I went to when I was younger and I seen like Robbie Williams. It was like the biggest concert of his career. I got to be in like the second row because I bluffed my way in there and I lost everybody. He gave somebody drugs for their ticket. Exactly. And I lost everyone that I was with. I think I told you about this story. Yeah. Oh my God. Like that was a crazy concert and it was like the best. And there's not a you should, single photo. You should tell the photo. whole story. Because it's pretty amazing how you lost everybody and then I mean, you show up. Yeah. We were in a crowd of 80,000 people in a... In uh, eighty thousand people, I'm um, just think about that right mm-hmm. now. Imagine being in a crowd of eighty thousand people. Yeah, right now. it was his biggest concert to date. It was at Sleen Castle in Ireland, and I was with uh, my brother and his friends and his girlfriend. And for some reason, me and his girlfriend decided, well, let's just take a walk around. We'll like find each other later, and we took off. That was the last time I seen my brother and his friends for the whole concert. We went to the. Uh, Let me just say how how absolutely batshit crazy that sounds to me. Like I could never in a million years be like, "Hey, let's just split up and you know who knows." Well, it wasn't no just phones. like that. It was yeah. There was no phones, no cell phones. There was sorry, mobile phones, <laughs> um, and nothing. There was no way to contact. But it was just very much like yeah, yeah, we'll see each other. And then I ended up uh, with her actually i didn't really talk my way into it she talked us into getting into the um what do you call it at the front the pit the pit i am so glad i made it through that garbage drink it was terrible that was disgusting um anyway so we got in there and there was stereophonics was playing and she decided that she yeah, didn't really want to you know stay there she wanted to go back and find my brother like her boyfriend um i'm like are you crazy you're never gonna find them she was convinced she was gonna find him i'm like we're in the second row robbie williams is about to come on stage i am not moving and uh off she went and i spent the entire concert by myself and it was the best (laughs) concert ever (laughs) yeah um i would be i mean if i was in that situation where i found myself by myself in like the front row the mm, pit in in an eighty thousand person you're not moving there's nothing you could do. I would probably try to like crowd surf my way up to the barricade so I could have some space and just get the fuck out. Like, yeah. At, at a certain I mean, there point. was just nowhere to go. At one point during the concert, I just I looked behind me and just was actually it was when the concert just ended and I looked behind me for the first time. And the sea of people, I just thought. How the fuck am I going to find anyone? <laughs> and also, I don't even know where our tent was. Like We were camping. I had no idea how to get back there. I just knew it was down a really dark road. There were so many people. And I randomly made my way to the town and just stood there just hoping to see him. And I ended up meeting my uh, another friend that happened to be at the concert that i was not with and i didn't even know was there and he was walking by he's like oh my god and eventually he got me back to the tent that is absolutely insane yeah that is absolutely insane how long was the uh was it like two days of shows no just the one day just the one day Mm. did you see anyone else besides robbie williams stereophonics was their uh opener and there was someone else but i can't remember who it was but that's a good 
example of how different that experience would have been if I had a cell phone and social media. Like it would have been easy to find someone mm. and it'd be easy to, you know, and I would have had, I don't have a record of that, that concert. Like I don't have pictures. I have nothing. We don't have cameras with this, but it will live on. Mm. Like you just remember the experience instead of. You have the memory till you forget. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> um, Sorry, that was a long story. No, it's great. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, that... Uh, it's just so crazy to me. Anyway, um, <clears throat> REM sightings around IU campus. Did you miss one? Did I, yeah, sorry. Burnley Girl, we afterward folks lamented not having their phones out. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, what they... Sorry, I'm scrolling up. Uh... I'd add all of Dan Mills' IG lives to that category. He never saves them, so you have to be there to appreciate the moment. Yeah, I mean that's a good. I think that's a good way of putting it. I always, I always mean to take down the over the humps. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I just, I just maybe it's laziness, or I just want to keep them up. But it's always nice to see like, oh, this was a year ago. Mm. This over the hump, and you go back, look at the comments, and it's fun. Um, REM sightings. REM. Love you know, REM. You know who's a huge REM fan? Hmm. Like the biggest REM fan? No. Barry Privet. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're great. Yeah. You hear some early Carbon Leaf stuff. Mm, and he's, in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like really trying to sound like <laughs> REM. It's, it's really, I'm like, is this uh, Barry? <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Oh, someone just mentioned the buzz balls. That's what we were drinking. Oh. They're disgusting. Yeah, nasty. My friend gave me these um, and said, these are amazing. You got to try them. Now, I do like the the Can, packaging. is awesome. cocktails. Yeah. And it's woman-owned, which is also awesome. But I'm sorry. <laughs> they're not good. <laughs> mm. Maybe there's different ones, but she gave us rum. I'm not a huge rum person. I like rum a lot, um, but it's it, it's what uh, culotta. Yeah, I, I don't know which one you had and which one I had. These are both different, but oh really? They're very sweet and pineapple culotta chiller. I mean, you could you could taste what they're going for, but it's just like, uh, is it too concentrated? Like, what's going on? It might be just <clears throat> there might be other flavors that I would like better, but yeah, but that one's fucking support garbage. the women, support the ladies, folks. Ladies, those uh, those other uh, canned drinks. Remember we had oh two chicks. Two chicks. Those are good. Those are real good. Yeah. The name, not so sure. The drink, woman very owned. Very good. Yeah, I bet it's you know three ladies. I think it's two. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um. All right, so I want to uh, talk about this article here. Uh, we we talked about tr- cocktails and get back for almost an hour. Um, so let's get to this article. Just making sure everything's recording properly. Okay, so I'm going to share my screen here for you guys. Um, <clears throat> this was shared to me, was it this morning, I think? This morning or... No, it was a few days ago. I think it was either yesterday or earlier today. But uh, Nicole Lavallee shared this um, uh, article in The Atlantic that was written by Ryan Miller of Guster. 
And if you didn't know this, Guster was my first concert, my very first concert at the performing, the Providence Performing Arts Center, also known as PPAC. Hmm. And uh, how old were you? How old was I? Ooh, hmm, ten. That was your first concert. Yeah, probably. That's young. Is it? Well, who were I was you with, with? I was with Ian. I was with my cousin Ian. Uh, I believe Louise was there. Louise, if you're here, um, Louise, do you remember that concert? Were you there? I yeah, she's saying. Oh no, that's not her. Some about the stereophonics. Oh there. But um, I, I want to say my parents were there. It was like, but it's it, it's a performing arts center, so yeah. there's all seats and stuff. Oh, was, I was, of course, my parents were there. I was. I know 10. you were ten. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. So um, I can't exactly. I remember. I don't know if that's young or old. For a first concert. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember how. I mean, I was definitely young too when I. Yeah. Was. So Louise remembers. It was a great show. Mine's it was, was a great show. Mine was Garth Brooks. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Badass. <laughs> Garth Brooks. If he wasn't a serial killer, <laughs> it'd be super cool. He's uh, great. The weirdest social media presence ever. He's super weird. I like that. Yeah. Let's have an experience. He doesn't know how to be a real person. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He's been so famous for so, so long. So, so famous. Didn't we watch the documentary about him? I thought it was fascinating. This. I mean, the story he's about... So, he's so big. He's so huge. Yeah. Not in physical terms. <laughs> like. But I mean, the, the, the thing that really, that really uh, kind of hit, hit me about him that I didn't know was that I didn't realize that him and his wife were separated or divorced. Yeah, they're divorced and they have kids together. And then he married Trisha Yearwood and they all live in a big compound. Like they, right. their houses are separate, but they're in one place because he wanted to... You know, they're co-parenting, but didn't want yeah. to have... He wanted his kids to, there. to spend every morning with and him. every dinner and every night. He wanted to, them to both be there for his kids. Yeah, yeah. Which was incredible. I thought it was really, it was really nice. Yeah, especially um, if you're in that situation of that much money. Mm, you know, you're... It's incredible. And he's huge in Ireland. Like, so huge. Like, people just love him. How many stone? Hmm? He's huge. How many oh, stone? <laughs> um he does like three four nights in a row in dublin yeah, it's unbelievable and, uh, he, people go crazy for him. how many people oh, like where in dublin does he play um i don't know where he plays now it's not Wheelands. <laughs> no no it's definitely not there um i it's like the o2 arena i guess i don't know they yeah change, that, they change names all that makes the time. sense yeah the o2. it's like the biggest arena whatever it is now yeah imagine i've seen him four in, nights like belfast how many people do you think that is Oh, I don't know. You're asking the wrong person. No. Yeah. I mean, imagine four sold out nights. Let's say it's easy numbers. 100,000 people. <laughs> Everyone's paying like 100 pound for a ticket. How He's going to make an un... He makes an unfathomable he could amount just, of money. He could just play Ireland for like... <laughs> yeah. And make enough money. Yeah. But that's what it's like everywhere. He plays like football stadiums everywhere he goes. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I just want to say that the visual relationship between Jesse's shirt and Ethan's artwork is mesmerizing. <laughs> we planned it that way, and I have a purple light behind me, so it's a lot of nice contrast here. Okay, so this article here, uh, how do I do this? Okay, there we go. Um, yeah, uh, what's what's this trying to tell me now? This should 
don't use. Okay. All right. Can people see it? Yeah, people can. This is what people can see right here. And oh. then we are we are also in the frame. Um. Okay. So Omicron's blow to live music. So we talked a little bit, or I talked a little bit about the pandemic and how it's affecting people um, and bands and stuff. Uh, and there's a couple of questions that we have from uh, Katie Musselman and Sangita. Also that um, actually Sangita's question is more, uh, more appropriate for this. So Sangita asks about venues canceling shows versus artists canceling shows. Like mm. how does it work and what happens basically? Um, and in this article here, Guster had to postpone their tour their impending club tour booked nine months ago after covid halted march 2020 run um so i think it's just a matter of of bad timing like in this he's he's an artist type he's struggling with the he wants to go out there and play for his fans but he's struggling with the idea of omicron and how he can't be responsible for people getting sick and whatever so I am taking from this article, I'm pretty sure I read it earlier today, and I'm pretty sure that it was Guster's call. It was. I had a quick read through it. Um, I think he put something on social media. There it is there. Oh, like, yeah. On a scale of one to ten. And then I think his, uh, the response he got back was pretty much like most people didn't want to go. So he responded. Yeah. I think that's the gist. Yeah. So on a scale, on a scale from one to 10, one, I'm never leaving my house again. And if you're like that, you have problems. So, and then to 10, what's a COVID? That's me. That's Genevieve. And, um, you know, I, I get it. it. It's, it was bad timing. Anybody that tours in, I'm just going to get out of this article because I'm not reading it and I'm scrolling too fast through it. But, um, Anytime a band cancels, it's hard on that band. Yeah. With COVID, COVID has been kind of like the, it's fine, excuse. Um, But it's usually venues that are having to close or statewide mandates or, or shutdown of, of large gatherings or something that's been kind yeah. of driving those I, I think because everything... Uh, I mean, everything is changing all the time still. So as you said, like different states are doing different things. So it's just constant changing. And I'm sure it's super annoying and stressful for bands to have to deal with that. And like, it is, you know, you have everything planned and then it's like, oh, no, no, like Boston are requiring this. And how is that going to affect our ticket sales? Maybe people want their money back now. I mean, people don't want to go. Oh, there's another surge. And. And now, like, people don't want to go out. Like, I can't even imagine. It's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The wall. It's crazy that this is still happening. It is crazy that it's still happening. And we both have opinions on that because it's, it's, um, you know, we, we, I talked a bit about it last week about how Omicron is, is, you know, not as, as deadly and, you know, so many more people are getting because it's so so much yeah. more infectious. Yeah. And how I, should how should that affect, um, you know, asking for proof of vaccination and mm. and all that stuff at at the front of the doors, which I don't think that we should be doing anymore. 
Um, no. I know that you don't think we should be. No, but. I'm really <clears throat> against bandits. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, with this whole thing with, with Omicron, which is thankfully subsiding, and I think we're going to obviously get back to the touring that we were in in the fall before the winter and everything mm. kind of got mm-hmm. was fine. It was that magical period of time. Um, and we got very, very lucky to to be in that window of time during our tour. But what's happening now is um, bands are, I feel like, and I like Guster a lot and I mm-hmm. like Adam, but a lot of bands I don't think should be asking, Mm-mm. asking their fans what they should do. No. <laughs> Like I really, I, I think really don't. You, get, you gotta, you gotta just do your show, and people have the chance to go or not go. It's right. up to them. If they don't feel safe, then don't go. Right. That's how I feel about it. In this particular instance, I do think since since they're playing big shows and mm-hmm. Guster, they don't want to play to a half full room. Right. That they don't want that to happen. That no. that is, they've been a band for a long time. That's a massive ego killer. Mm. Not ego killer, but a massive uh, morale killer, financial killer, and finan- <laughs> financial killer yeah. too. Yeah, because you're not making. But there's, there's in a reality, point where you're not making anything. in reality, I think no. That we're so far into this, I don't think that unless it was like the peak. I mean, if that's he's talking about, isn't he talking about a show that was coming up in March? Did I read that uh, wrong? Or was this in like December when it was like everyone uh, was Our impending club tour booked nine months ago was, halt, uh, was after halted. a COVID, COVID halted March 2020 run. No. Yeah. So they were supposed to do a March 2020 run. Right. Um, it seems like the winter of 2022 would lie plenty of time. So hold on. Is he canceling the winter of 2022 tour? Yeah. Like that's insane to me. No, 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 no. That that. Hold on, sorry guys. We should have read this properly. Sorry guys. If anyone has read this, can yeah. Can you please tell us what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Seriously. Um. No, I mean. Oh, he's he's planning to do it in the winter. You couldn't have planned it at a worse time to do it in the winter again. Right. The shows were were in January. Okay, so that okay. makes that makes sense. Okay. So the fact the fact that the shows were in either end of December mm. or January okay. at the height of yeah. Omicron yeah, when yeah, we yeah, didn't yeah. know how how like not as bad it was. Yeah. Um okay. Totally. I totally in those size rooms mm. with that kind of show with that kind of band and he's right. He does mention something about if somebody in the touring party gets covid, mm-hmm. it shuts it down and then you have a tour bus which costs you ten thousand dollars a week. It's crazy. A week. It's crazy. Maybe two tour buses. Who knows? I don't think they travel with an eighteen wheeler or anything like that. But like, you have to. Um, I think the weekend in Boston, the the their weekend in Boston is usually at the uh, at the Paradise. I've seen them at the Paradise, and it's an incredible show. Um, but yeah, they they would have ended up. There's a point where there's diminishing returns, right, so right, you end right, up right. lose losing money. Yeah. Um. So. That's fine, man. I think that's all well and good. In their case, totally valid to to postpone your tour to a time where you knew more mm. that what was going on and whatever. Mm. At this point, going forward, if there's no new variant that is like worse than yeah. what are you gonna do? Like every time someone in a band gets COVID, like, yeah. and I'm talking in like three months time, and there's no new variant. 
we're still going to shut everything down. Like, I don't, I don't think this is the way to go. Yeah. Um, and I got news for you. Every tour, everybody in the band gets sick at some point in yeah. the tour. And it's, and it's varying degrees. Mm. Um, Barry always gets sick mm-hmm. during a tour. Which is understandable because he's yeah, just always you're singing, singing all the time. I, it depends on the type of, on the time of year, but I usually get some kind of cold or some kind of thing. Right. But you don't stop. Yeah, but show. I don't shut my life down. Yeah. I don't, you don't stop the show. Right. We, we start playing. And like, there's a point where you think about, okay, there's, you can't discount the fact that almost a million people have died. Um, but we know to to an extent who these people are mm-hmm. and what uh what um who's at high risk who's at high risk mm, yeah so it's like there's a vaccine out there you can take it you don't have to take it you can you know i, I just don't you can like- wear a mask you can avoid large gatherings yeah. there's plenty of ways to protect yourself right but you cannot cannot expect everyone to do the same yeah you just can't the whole game of people trying to control to other people man. it's just not yeah and shaming people and it's enough it's it's enough like i don't think anyone should be shamed for their choices shamed no, sorry yeah, shamed. shamed for anything mm. like if you want to wear a mask you want to wear fine masks i don't care do what you want to yeah. do like wear a shield put your gloves on put a space suit on i don't care you do what you want. I'm not doing that. And I don't want to feel like I have to do it or I'm a bad person for not wanting to do it. Right. Like I'm way past all of that. And yeah. I actually never was there in the first place. But um, I understand it. I understand people are nervous and people have bad immune systems and everyone has a different opinion on this. Everyone has a right to their own opinion on it. But in terms of getting your life back and for these bands to try and navigate this is like insane. How, yeah. how much more can you do at this point? But I think we've, I think as at, you know, this is a, this is a music podcast, but like we face a real problem right now where there's no direction. Mm. There was, you know, last mm. summer, last fall, there was like, okay, we're going to, in order for us to be able to go out and tour, mm-hmm. this is the game plan. Mm-hmm. We have to, we don't, whether we like it or not, we have to require proof of vaccination and we have to either and require a negative, excuse me, a oh. negative, sorry, <laughs> a negative test. I should just let that go. That was going to be a good one and I no, held it back. No, just <clears throat> hold it back. Okay. Um, so, to ha- to not have a negative test or whatever that's fine and people were up in arms about it mm. up in arms about that thing i think it was more about the way that people announced it mm. you know trying to be self righteous yeah a little bit of that i didn't like any of that no it's just like no this is just how we need to go forward for us to be able to do our jobs right we want everyone mm-hmm. to be safe mm-hmm. that should be a given Right. You know, it's like nobody's nobody out, wants nobody's anyone out to there. die. Right. No one's out there being like, I don't care. Well, maybe some people are. But uh, it, people, the bands and, and people that want to just play music and make their living. Because let's not forget, like, it is a job and you're making money from it, too. Like, you're not just out there playing because 
it's a hobby right. you know you rely on that money and and you want to play and you love it and at some point you know these there's certain imagine if you were a drummer in a band and you had a baby on the way <laughs> that was born at the beginning of a pandemic and then you lost your salary for six months yeah imagine if you're in that position and then you find out oh i'm gonna get it and i'm gonna be fine right you know like that at that point you're like what the fuck are we doing yeah and especially with omicron and you know that was early on mm. and we were still you know we didn't know as much it was scary to have a kid and you know like I didn't know what was going on. I was severely sleep deprived and pregnant, (laughs) (laughs) heavily pregnant, and then not sleeping for months. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just. I feel like maybe that helped me. I was like, COVID was so in my background that I had. We had just too much going on. Yeah, we were the newborn, so it was kind of a blessing it happened when it did. But it was it was perfect for us because then we we just stayed home. And you also got to stay at home. Stay home. You learn everything. Mm. You learn everything so much faster without. You know, parents or Auntie or Louise without Auntie Louise saying like, "Oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't <laughs> do that." Um, I just want to say that. Oh, oh, no comments since then. Wow, must be boring people. It's um, a touchy subject. It is a touchy subject. Oh, maybe people just want to hear us. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I think I think that that was totally valid. But I think going forward, the problem that we have is there's no direction. Right. There's no one way that we're going to do this because it's so fluid. And and every state and every city, I feel like not even the states now, like every city in the state, like has different rules. So it's so hard. Like it is, it's confusing. Everyone's like, what's going on? If I'm going here, do I need this? Do I need that? What do I have to do? And like me trying to get home to Ireland and it's like, yes, I can fly home, but it's a bunch of baloney. And like get a test the day before and then get a test on day two and then get a test on day. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. Yeah. It's just like the it's rules. Like, who am I doing this for now? The rules are just insane. Yeah. And and also like on certain flights like British Airways, any kid under 11 doesn't have to wear a mask unless you're flying to and from the U.S. How Like it's these cool. rules are just so ridiculous. Like. Yeah. Every country, every state, everyone has a different thing. So yeah, it is confusing. It's very hard for bands to try and make a living. Yeah. Two years later, like. Yeah. And you guys have been lucky. We've been we've been extremely lucky. Mm -hmm. We've been extremely lucky with our with the timing. Mm -hmm. We've been extremely lucky with our fan base. We've been extremely lucky with with uh, you know live live streaming like i knew that this was going to be a thing so i bought all the stuff Mm. you know and uh and it ended up you know being a good investment so yeah something really mm. good came out of it oh yeah i think we're doing this yeah and i feel like our experience with this whole thing has been uh you know different because we've had uh we had a baby at the start of it and i still have my job to go back to you know you had other opportunities to take part in and then you created the live stream and you did that and you still you know you're still being creative as much as you can with a newborn Mm -hmm. Uh, and we got to spend a bunch of time together with ethan which is you know if covid didn't happen like uh, i would have been back at work after three months you would have 
probably had shows in between. So like, let's talk I don't politics. Know. We need <laughs> nine month maternity leave at <laughs> least paid maternity yes, leave. Yes, in Ireland you get nine months full pay with an opportunity to take another three months off with no pay. So you can have up to a year off. Yeah. Let's um, vote out all these clowns that are in office right now. Let's stop fighting with each other. Yeah. I got because six it's weeks. not us against us; it's us against them. Yeah, they're holding us down. Insider trading, all this stuff. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, so what I think we should do is, I think there needs to be unite, a united front amongst musicians. I think musicians need to lift each other up and not be. Need to come up with a game plan, mm. <clears throat> whether it's whether it's. Uh, a select- I think there should be like a big outdoor festivals, and like there multi- are big outdoor festivals, like a lot of them this summer. Yeah, people could really like get money back on that. Where it's outside, it's in the summer. You have multiple bands playing all the time. Like- well, I think that needs to happen at a local, more of a local level. Right. Yeah. Because there's bands out there that. No, don't have won't be able to be a part. I'm of talking thing, about you know? that. Yeah. yeah, I'm talking about like small to medium size. You know, the the ones that have been hurt the most. Like, yeah, Kitty Perry ain't hurting. Like, she's okay. Yeah, she's fine. I'm not talking about her or Adele or any of those people. I'm talking about you know bands like Carbon Leaf or local bands. You know, there could be a way to do festivals where like really local bands, like smaller bands, could open and then like have bigger artists like within that area like if it was virginia you know yeah that would be a good way to to get your music out there open yourself up to new fans and you're outside and well that's one of the things that carbon leaf is doing we're doing the the uh um songs by the sea not songs by the sea uh sea leaf sea leaf Mm. festival so it's our festival um it's not in a big huge outdoor space but it's yeah. something and it's and it's new art we have a lot of new young artists that we have open for us and the reason why we do that is is to keep us young and uh to introduce our people to new exciting people mm-hmm. young artists and uh do something similar to that but what i i think i know what you're saying is like for example down the grassy area down in Jamestown by the water. Like mm. there should be an event, you know, mm. but there's a bunch of crabby old rich people <laughs> on this island that probably won't let it happen. Definitely uh, not. You probably have to jump yeah. through. Probably have to do the Narrag- Narragansett. Major. Do the Narragansett. Mm, yeah. No, but there are people, there are promoters out there doing really great things. Um, yeah. Putting together really good, good uh, shows and bills and stuff like that. Mm. Um, next... Let's see. Let's get into let's get into a little Spotify talk. Mm. Yeah, there's a good one. Yeah. So there's a thing going on right now where Neil Young has decided to come out of his cave (laughs) and say, "Hey, remember me? Remember me? (laughs) Hey, Spotify. It's either me or Joe Rogan, (laughs) and that's a fight you're not gonna win." I end it real fast. <laughs> yeah, it's because Joe Rogan has 11 million viewers, uh, downloads, not just viewers. That's no. only downloads. Per episode. Per episode. And he does like I'm sure three or a, four a week. A lot more than 11. Right. Um, yeah, I think there's a couple of things going on here. I think for some reason he's been mislabeled as a right wing 
nut job. Who's never voted right in his life. Who has never voted Republican in his life. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. He leans left on most things. Yeah, of course. He supported Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. It's like it couldn't get more not right wing than that. Um, So I think a lot of people, uh, I personally am not a Joe Rogan fan, but I am a fan of Neil Young and Joni Mitchell. But the thing is, why, why does it have to be either or? Right. That is totally fine. Yeah. You cannot like Joe Rogan. What I think is going on here. Well, she's never listened to him. I don't no, think no, she's no. saying that. Oh, she's, she's not she's a not fan. She's not a fan. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Jessica hasn't listened to Nicole. Okay. Nicole hasn't really okay. listened to him. Um, which is fine. Which is totally yeah. fine. You do not have to have to like it. There are moments in his podcast where, you know, if he has him, if it's him and his friends smoking cigars and drinking, getting wasted, you know, it, it's a bunch of bros yeah you know half the time i turn those ones off because that's not the ones i, I like listening to. i turn them off too because he has it's like, like nutrition you know. nutritionalists on he has people for health reasons he has fitness people on right he has like a wide wide probably the most varied like people on any podcast right. and he always fact checks everything everything, everything. he yeah. has jamie there for that um view the burn adam he has uh a guy there literally literally to to just fact check everything mm-hmm. and it really depends on the episode like who you have on whatever you're interested he gets down into the depths of of every little thing mm-hmm. and they're not all going to be great he has he does four a week just four, four that's that's so many yeah. podcasts um oh thank you find out i thought you just got mad signed <laughs> <laughs> um, out out of here but what I th- what I think is happening here is that Neil Young, which I think is just stupid for for these guys to do, like why why why? What is the point? Well, I think they've, and this is just conjecture, but I really think that they think that people are not smart enough to make up their own minds. Right. So he had a doctor on the other day who also went on Alex's. Uh, was it McCullough? Not Peter McCullough. It was somebody else. Um, the other doctor yeah. who's talking, who who is one of the pioneers of the the mm. um, mRNA vaccine technology. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy around this guy. A lot of controversy around him. But um, <clears throat> what whatever you know, I, I I'm not even going to get into that. My my thing with Neil Young is, then are you going to take your stuff off YouTube? Joe Rogan's podcasts are on YouTube as well. They're not just clips. It's still on there. Yeah. But it's you're sharing a platform. You're not like signed under the same label as him. You have absolutely nothing to do with him. You're on Spotify. Yeah. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. And it that, doesn't really work like, oh, I can either listen to Neil Young yeah. or Joe Rogan today. But like if you're on the same TV network as something and what if you're on HBO, like you have a show and then you're like, there's that controversy over another HBO show. Are you going to be like, well, I'm going to pull my show off. Yeah. It, it, you're not related Dr. to Dr. Robert Epstein. That's who it was. There you go. That's who it was. And, on, and in all honesty, when I listened to it, I was like, wow, this is so interesting because I do think that it's ridiculous that nobody is talking about uh, treating the sick people. Yeah. You know, whether they're vaccinated or not, there's no talk about this thing. It's just like, get the vaccine. Get the vaccine. Mm. This is all that matters. And it's being pushed by the Pfizer CEO. Well, I just, yeah. no, I don't need, well, it's, I, I don't know where it came out of. I don't know why, you know, Joni Mitchell, everyone's jumping on the bandwagon, pull, pull, pull all your stuff. Like it makes no sense to me because 
so what? You're on the same streaming platform. Yeah. What? And it, these guys have already no relation to this. These like, guys have already you, made their money. But and also, you can just come out and say I don't agree with it or whatever. Go, you know what? Go on his podcast. That's the best thing to do. Yeah, it's true. Why don't you say I want to go on and discuss this with you? Yeah, and do that. That is much more productive than throwing a tantrum like I'm pulling my music. This is blah blah blah. Like Sanjay, Sanjay. So Sanjay Gupta went on. And they had he a, did the same thing, yeah. He was had, like they had a great conversation. Great conversation. It was a it was an amazing conversation. And you know, the big the big thing that bothers people about Joe Rogan right now is that he's not vaccinated. Mm-hmm. He was going to get vaccinated, but something happened at the UFC and, and it didn't happen that day. And then and it just it got makes pushed no off. Difference. It it's, just got pushed off and pushed decision. off. It's his decision, it's his choice. Why are people even caring? Do right. they are they in contact with him? Like I know, but but then he got he got COVID. Yeah, and now he's like, I have natural immunity. I test myself for antibodies every day. Every day, yeah. I have I have antibodies. I have natural immunity against this disease. I'm not going to get vaccinated. There's actually evidence that there's adverse. You can have adverse side effects by getting vaccinated after you've gotten COVID. Which is and there's and, not and enough time that that has gone by to really know if that's right. true or not. <clears throat> things change all the time i'm not even going to dispute facts or fiction or what's right what's i don't not. have anything here right i'm now. not and a doctor I, and i'm a fucking idiot yeah. when it comes to this stuff i'm really just uh, i'm talking about this this protest almost of like the censorship it's like <clears throat> what difference do you think this is going to make you think if you get joe rogan off spotify the most popular podcast in the world that he's not going to go to another platform and everyone's just going to follow him. Yeah, he'll you'll you'll turn him. But into, you feel uh, better. You'll turn him into a like a, a legend or a hero. You're actually making people listen to him. Yeah, because everyone's like a lot of people haven't heard of him or don't want to listen to him, and maybe are like, oh, I want to see what's all the fuss about. Yeah, you're drawing attention to him. You're giving him publicity if that's what you want to do. But if he leaves Spotify, which is probably never going to happen, that's never going to happen. What have you achieved? Really, nothing. Um, I think if you're protesting, if you have uh, an argument with him, if you think he's doing the wrong thing, then go on a show. Yeah. Do that. Seriously. I'm sure he'd love to have you. Yeah, he would, would be, absolutely would, talk to you. It would be great. Yeah, it, it would be really good. And that's and that's the problem. It's like he always talks about. We need more conversation with more people. Like we need. Yeah. We need more opinions. We need more. Yeah. What's wrong with having a different? There's opinion? nothing wrong with that at all. It's like it's totally. It's completely okay to disagree with someone. Mm-hmm. It's like w- this whole idea that just because you disagree with someone means that they're your your enemy now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. We disagree on stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it doesn't it doesn't mean it doesn't like yeah. You know, it's a different perspective. It's a different right. point of view. It's it's uh, it's that. Yeah. So I just don't understand why people just are so quick to throw some throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like there is so much good that has come from that show and so Listen, many great people. I'll tell you right now, actually, <clears throat> if you're not interested in any of this, if you were like, I'm, I want to listen to a episode to see what's going on, listen to the Jewel episode. Holy shit, the Jewel episode. It's a musician and it's not political. It's unbelievable. There's nothing in there that... Anyone's going to be offended by it. It's her story, and it's incredible. Her it story is, is incredible. It's ju- one of yeah. the best interviews I've ever heard. Co- completely fascinating. Completely fascinating. Uh, it, it, I mean, I, I could not stop that podcast. Yeah. I couldn't turn it off. 
I wanted to I wanted to watch it again and again and again. Um, I'm personally wondering about what might be the bigger picture, how Spotify treats artists. Yeah, they didn't get paid for it. <laughs> it's so yeah. true. Yeah, if you're going to protest something, maybe protest that and say Spotify need to pay the artist some more money. Yep, 100%. Because <laughs> Joe's made his money. He got paid $100 million. Yeah, but I got news for you. Neil Young and oh, yeah, Mitchell no, also made their money. They have also made their money. But, but the idea, they didn't make their money from Spotify. Yeah, but this can't, this can't be about their money and what they're getting paid because... If they haven't, if they have even listened to Joe Rogan at all, mm. they would not have this opinion of him. They wouldn't. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. I think like <clears throat> there's certain people that, again, it's fine. You don't have to like him and you don't have to listen to his podcast. That's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> that's the point. But you I'm know saying if, if anybody shit. is really curious to actually listen to a podcast of his without like, just jumping on the bandwagon and i bet you most of the people that are that are on these like comments on like twitter or whatever that are just you know bashing him and calling him this and calling him that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about because they've probably never listened to an episode ever if they're honest so just listen to the jewel one yeah that's one of the best podcast conversations i'm not a huge Joni mitchell fan i think Neil Young sounds like a cat getting strangled. <laughs> He's terrible. That's probably why Crosby Stills and Nash kicked his ass out. But um, they have a lot of fans. Uh, of course. But it's I'm the just, boomers. I'm just, you know, I'm just being yeah. facetious. I mean, I'm not a big fan of either one of them, but yeah. it doesn't matter. It's like yeah. to, to, use, to use their name and their platform to, to try to take somebody who I personally think does a lot of good and and provides the world with a lot of accurate information you know he has guests on that are sometimes full of shit and say things that are like he'll con- call controversial he will call them on but he calls them out yeah and if someone says something that's bla- that's false mm. he he corrects it you know and he and he he's he has gotten into confrontations on the podcast about it yeah so i don't know i just don't like the idea of Everyone getting on the bandwagon and doing this thing when they when people have either not listened to him mm. and can't formulate their own opinion because I personally think it's Neil Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and whoever else because there's going to be more. Um, yeah, it, I think there was already someone else. They think that people are too dumb to find to know the truth and to yeah formulate their own opinion. Well, Spotify just came out and said that they are going to put. Uh, a label on podcasts or whatever it says um like co- something may, about content. may contain may contain trigger trigger warning not know, trigger that warning but like podcast. it's like you know caution something information whatever okay do mm-hmm. that yeah this idea that we can never that we have to agree on everything and we and and no one can ever be upset and nobody can ever you know, feel bad or it's just, it's, it's fucking insane. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's people, people that think that, uh, it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. That's not how the world works. Mm. Um, and it's, it's just, it's just really silly. Um, <clears throat> and it discounts all the hard work that Joe Rogan has done. He's not out there like spreading lies on purpose. It's wild to me. It's like this person got to the fucking top of the mountaintop and people are trying to knock him down. That that's really 
what I think he's a lot getting of it more is. viewers than any of the mainstream channels are, and that is a big issue for them. So yeah. Um, so we will close this up on a on a lighter note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> finish with that. Um, congratulations. Oh, two two things. Congratulations to David Ortiz, Big Poppy, mm-hmm. on his Hall of Fame induction. Yeah. Um, I did not do what I say uh, said I was going to do before and put the picture up. Oh. Um, God damn. I hope that's okay. I can do it now if you really no, want me to. You wanted to do it. Um, but Jen and I both have pictures with David Ortiz. And it's incredible. And uh, oh, you didn't use the glasses that he drank out of. No. That's right. Him and and Pedro Martinez drank out of our our kitchen our 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 glasses they didn't drink out of our glasses they had glasses and i got given them so i we're drinking out of their glasses wait what (laughs) they didn't drink our glasses oh yeah yeah i took their we took we took their glasses (laughs) and we have a base i had notes here to have jen have her signed baseball by pedro martinez which is incredible because he's one of the best greatest pitchers of all time um david ortiz of course one of the greatest clutch hitters in the history of baseball and uh tom brady retired but he didn't. But did he? <laughs> I got into an argument with people on Facebook. To, uh, it was that earlier today or yesterday. Um, ESPN reported yeah. that someone in the Brady circle was had, a, had, had some loose lips. Mm. Might be sitting on the might be sleeping with the fishes. Not now, good. if you know what I'm if you know what I'm saying. Um, but Yeah. He didn't retire. <laughs> I'm there was sure rumors. I'm sure he said, I, like, I think this is going to be it. Yeah, it was the yeah. end of his two-year contract. Sure. He's going to, he, he's probably going to retire. Yeah. And that's the scoop. So, so I was told on, on Facebook. Um, that's the scoop. But here's the thing. NFL and, C, uh, and CBS Sports both had headlines that said, fact, yeah. Tom Brady announces retirement. Mm-hmm. 20 after 22 seasons and seven Super Bowls and all this, it's like, no, I didn't. You can't say that. What are you doing? <laughs> like, just wait for the man to tell you. Like, yeah, but I get like people wanted to get in there first, but then after he didn't announce anything, like maybe you should pull how back. Can a mainstream, of it. Yeah. How can a main, it's not about Tom Brady, yeah. it's not about any of this. It's about how can a mainstream publication that has like a hierarchy of editors and bosses and shit. Mm-hmm. How can they put that out there? How, how is it allowed to be out there saying something, a fact, stating something that never fucking happened? Yeah, because normally when you say that, when they say announce the retirement, then you're like, oh, you know, you go on and see where his announcement was. Yeah, that's what I, I did. Like, I went, <laughs> I was like, where is it? I went to his social media, nothing. Right, because when you said that to me, I was like, I mean, they always say he's going to retire. And you're like, no, it's saying like he announced it. And I'm like, I don't know. You know, you always get those like notifications yeah. on your phone when something big like that happens. Yeah. I'm like, what? How did that happen? Yeah. And then we're it's like, like, the first time we're like, nowhere. it's nowhere. Tom Brady didn't say shit. Oh, you mean the greatest <laughs> football player? Or oh, we'll say quarterback because I yeah. know there's maybe a Colts fan in here or something. Um, but it's just like. Uh, it just drives me crazy when when stuff like that like people that are supposed to be professionals mm. you know you have people tell you your whole life oh you gotta be professional you gotta you know yeah. you gotta do all this you gotta do that you gotta you know be yeah. honest be, well, be, be trustworthy Tom, Tom Brady is so in control <clears throat> of his um his brand his brand and everything is very meticulous and 
they probably so he did that documentary on HBO, um, his own like he produced it, whatever. Well, right? the Man in the Mirror is on ESPN is that Plus. What it's called? Man in the Man. No, no, it's not, not Man in the Mirror. <laughs> <laughs> See Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is it called? It's called Man in the Arena. Man, Man in the Arena. Man in the, I'm Tom Brady. I'm looking at myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> he uh i threw footballs apparently the last episode has not been filmed so can we just note about how she says filmed filmed <laughs> filmed was there how how many episodes are there is there it's, i think it's just one more than seven was <laughs> <laughs> the it say it again it no you're you're not you're doing it on purpose <laughs> there's it episodes and there's a lot of footage of his fierce yeah um but they're saying the last one is not being filmed yet, so that was probably going to be, you know, the part where it will show his retirement or whatever. So I think he is going to retire, and I bet you it was probably going to be today. And then when they leaked everything, he's probably like, "No, now you're going to wait for it." Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I played another season. Yeah, he's probably like, you know what? I'm just going to. I'm signing another one year. more year with the Patriots. It would never happen. I know. He's had it too good with the... You see how tan he is right yeah. now? He looks incredible. <laughs> he does. He's so relaxed. He looks good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure he is going to, but m- maybe not he'll wait to after the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. Because I mean, the Super Bowl is when next week? The Super February Bowl. 4th. No, it's, February 4th, no? It's two, it's two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Two weeks from today. Oh, February 4th is like... Friday. What am I talking about? <laughs> 14th. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just, um, it's just silly. The whole thing, the whole thing's silly. And I, I don't like it. I don't agree with it at all. Um, so that's that. But what else do we have? We have one more thing. We have a question from Katie Musselman. And this is a fun question. Uh, I talked, I replied back to her email. Uh, again, if you want to email into the show and ask a question, if it's not a live episode or even, even if it is a live episode so I can look at it and we can formulate our answers beforehand. Um, or send articles and stuff like that. Oh, please. I, I really want to make the article thing a, a segment on the show that we do. You send in articles, we read it, we give our thoughts about it. We really want to do that. We love that. Um, and thank you, Nicole, for sending that, that article in. Really, really appreciate it. Um, you can email in to afterthegigpod at gmail.com. You guys are already members of the Patreon, the Patreon, but for those that hear this in just the recorded version, go to patreon.com slash afterthegig, select a tier level. I keep saying that I'm going to get rid of that $2 level, but I haven't done it yet. I don't know when I'm going to do it or or whatever, but it's there. It's there now, so go grab it while it's hot. Grab it while it's hot. Um, but yeah, appreciate you guys hanging out and listening. You guys are the best. You guys are really, really the best. Um, and the last question from Katie Musselman. And oh, thank you to this beautiful lady sitting across from me, the mother of my son. <laughs> the cutest son alive. <laughs> the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Miss Genevieve Humphrey. Mrs. Genevieve Humphrey. Where's my round of applause? Thank you. There it is. Thank you. 
It's not going to show up on the actual recording. <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> no, the the way that the the audio is routed, <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Uh, what I need to do is I need to get a. That's for next time. I'm going to get a soundboard on this computer mm. so that it'll it'll loop in with everything. Um, that's what I'll do. So, all right, Katie Musselman, question about drummers being the oh, I just summarized the question basically, but uh, she asked if drummers were the most athletic people in the band <laughs> look at me <laughs> cheers uh, wait you're not gonna answer i'm gonna answer it <laughs> man that laugh was a little too much it was it was <laughs> fucked up that's what it was um i mean i'm pretty athletic for for a big guy I see you drinking that. <laughs> I'm pretty athletic. I am. You're very strong. I'm very strong. I'm. But you like you're carrying. I'm carrying a lot stuff. of extra weight. No, that's not what I was going to say. What were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say you're carrying. You're carrying like all the drums all the time. So you're strong. <laughs> so fucking stupid. <laughs> So dumb. Yeah, I guess I'm carrying a bunch of extra weight, so I'm super strong. Um, yeah, I think that we're the most. My answer, my real answer to the question is that I think that um, that we're the most coordinated people in the band. I am very, Mm. very coordinated. You are. Um, so there's other, I mean, other instruments can be coordinated as well, which is like, you know, I know a lot of people that play guitar that are also, you know, that won't fall down if they Mm. walk down the street, unlike my sister, um, (laughs) clumsiest person in the world. Uh, Anyway, so I, uh, yeah, I think coordinated is a better word for it. Um, not everybody's competitive, not everybody's athletic, um, I can, well, I can your, hit a your band is like, if, and this will actually loop it up from where we started with the the Beatles. They all have everyone. We're the Beatles? No, <laughs> so close. <laughs> um, you're you've all got different uh, kind of personalities and different, you know. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like. You know, everyone has their own things, strengths to bring to the band. Right. Not every, you all don't have the same personality. You all don't think the same. Right, right, right. You right. know, and it was like, you know, there's the quiet one, Carter, you know, there's always, I know. Until you get them talking. Until you get them talking. And you can't shut them up. But you know, there's the calm one and then there's like the ones that are like the leader and you know, it's yeah. the same. It's a good dynamic. The leader me and then. Yeah. <laughs> goofy one, Barry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, everybody has has their own strengths. I mean, but we we have a particularly athletic group of, group of guys. Like I wouldn't say that John is coordinated much at all. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, you should see him trying to play a video game. It is embarrassing. Yeah. I mean Is that about coordination? He's, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, particular games and and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean just as far as like he's a strong fit guy but not yeah. all strong fit guys are are athletes you mm. know what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um 
Barry Privet, athlete. Complete, like, totally. Mm. Works out every day. He's super coordinated. He's intense. He's competitive. Um, uh, uh, who else? I mean, Carter, not big and super strong. Incredibly athletic. Agile. Yeah, because he loved, like, skateboarding. Skateboarding, and- like, all the extreme sports and stuff. I mean, that takes incredible coordination. Mm. Um, and Terry was like a wrestler in high school. Terry is like one of the strongest people's pe- peoples. Terry is one of the strongest people I've ever met. Mm, he, really? Oh, dude, you should see him like when we're loading in and loading out when he's wearing his shorts. His calves, <laughs> there's like veins popping out of him. Like <laughs> he's like incredibly strong. So you're saying that you're the weakest one in the group. Uh, no, I'm definitely not the weakest. I'm definitely the most complainy, for sure. I would 100% say that that's correct. No, I just like, I don't like redundant tasks, tasks mm. like loading in and loading out. But I mean, I, I don't I'm think strong. anyone likes that. You just, pe- you resent it. I, I, I do resent it. I do resent it. Some people like think about it and they tackle it with with enthusiasm mm. and i'm trying to get better at that because it does affect my mood throughout the day because i am yeah i am thinking about loadout during the show and that's oh, like that's not, not good. a great thing no um especially if it's a particularly hard loadout <clears throat> and there there are those where you're just like fuck this place get a goddamn elevator <laughs> you know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, what yeah. the fuck um it's like why do we even play here anymore um yeah, so there's things like that, but I, I guess, I guess it's, it's just like it's so all over the place. Mm. But with us, that's kind of our, our, our dynamic. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, as far as athleticism, I, I'm, I'm not giving John the credit that he's due because he could literally kill anybody in the band with his bare hands <laughs> because he's like comforting. He's like, a, I think he's a purple belt in yeah. jujitsu, and yeah. he's like, you know, he can fight. He can really. Yeah take he could take it down and, and choke you out so i wouldn't want to mess with that um <laughs> i'm two beers in myself so i am a shitty cocktail and two guinness guinea in <clears throat> um but guys thank you so much i love you guys so much um thanks jen for being here i really appreciate it you didn't have a choice because i took up the whole living room mm. you if i turn the camera no. any direction that's bad. From where it is right now, <clears throat> it's a complete disaster. <laughs> stuff everywhere. Um, so we have to clean that up now, or I have to clean you it up do. now. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to bed. It's past my bedtime. <laughs> all right. Um, love you all. And the song that we're going to leave you with is I hope, I don't think YouTube is going to flag me for this. It might. I don't know. I'll just, if that happens, I'll just get rid of it. Um, so this is The Palm of Your Hand by my buddy Elliot Blaufus. Elliot played guitar with uh, Stephen Kellogg when I was with him for one tour. And he, his main gig was with Eric Hutchinson. He was actually his musical director. Um, and I got to play with Eric while he was in the band. And now he's kind of doing his own thing. He's, mm. he's, he's wanting to, uh, to be his own artist and, and do his own thing. He's living in Nashville. So I uh, I think you should definitely check out Elliot Blaufus. Love his music. He's incredibly talented, incredibly talented singer, guitarist, songwriter, keyboardist, pianist, whatever you want to say. 
Um, yeah, check them out, and we're just gonna let it play. Um, thanks, guys. Love Bye. you. Oh, that's not the song. Here it is.
cut it. Are you guys still here? No. What are you guys doing here? Nobody's here. Get out of our house. <laughs> Get out of our goddamn house. <laughs> Was there anybody still on? Yeah, it was like everybody. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> that was fun. Almost two hours. Jesus. Don't you come too far away?